Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you know us. We are your creation. Thank you that you have created us, spiritual beings. But you have also made us physical beings. Thank you for your gifts to us that tell us of your spiritual truths, but tell us through physical things. We pray that we might grow in our understanding of the truths you are teaching us, that we might love you better and be your better followers. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the last uh, few weeks, we've been thinking and learning together, again, about what it means to be uh, the people of God, what it means to be uh, the church meeting together. And what is it that happens when Christians come together as opposed to uh, following uh, the Lord Jesus individually, independently, uh, day to day in our, in our sort of everyday lives? What is special about coming together? What is significant about being the people of God coming together? And we thought a little bit about uh, encouraging one another. Uh, we thought a little bit about what it means to confess together. We thought a little bit about using our gifts for the benefit of one another. And this morning, we're going to have a little bit of a think about a couple of things that are particularly uh, given to us as the people of God, uh, uh, what uh, the boffins or the, or the people who write, write the books uh, call sacraments, sacraments. And uh, uh, a sacrament is something that is uh, physical and outward, and it teaches us something that is spiritual and inward. And uh, there's a, a particular phrase which um, uh, the, the, uh, the foundational sort of uh, uh, document of the Church of England, the Book of Common Prayer, uses. And it, it uses this phrase. It says, an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. Now, it doesn't matter. You don't have to remember that. Okay? You don't have to remember that at all. But the point is, it's something out there that you can see and you can feel and you can touch that tells us what's going on in here and these things are given to us because as these wonderfully glorious complex and 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 dazzling creations of God that each one of us is we need something out there which is physical and tangible in order to show us what God is doing inside of us the two I want to spend a bit of time thinking about this morning are baptism and communion, holy communion. The waters of baptism and the bread and wine which we will celebrate this morning. Other Christians, particularly uh, our brothers and sisters uh, in, the, uh, in the Roman Catholic Church, they would add other sacraments to it. They would talk about confirmation, where the bishop places his hands 
physically, outwardly, usually on a young person, but on an adult, it can equally be an adult, to pray for God's Holy Spirit. Something outward and physical that is telling them about something spiritual and inward. There is the, the, the sacrament of, of, of reconciliation where you might confess your sins and then you go and you are reconciled. There's the, uh, the sacrament of anointing the sick where there is something outward. A priest or a fellow believer will take some, some oil as the first disciples were told uh, in Mark's gospel to go and anoint people, anoint the sick. Uh, and they will put oil on their head as an outward sign of what we pray God is doing inside them. And the, the last two uh, that our, our Catholic brothers and sisters point us towards are, are marriage, something that is both outward and inward, and ordination, where again, a bishop and fellow priest put their hands on the, on the person being ordained, something outward, because something inward is happening. And we pray God is calling that person to be uh, a sign of his presence. Something outward that communicates what's going on inward. And in baptism and communion, we have two beautiful and powerful signs when uh, Peter is preaching uh, on the first day of Pentecost, as, uh, as Julia read for us, he preaches this wonderful sermon which talks about all the purposes and, and, and processes of God, all the promises, all the covenant that reach their fulfillment in Jesus. He is the Messiah. He is the one they have been waiting for. And the Holy Spirit poured out upon the believers is then the sign and seal that God is at work in a new way, that the chapter has turned and all the promises of God that were given to the people of Israel are now sent out to the whole world. We are invited in. We are invited to take our place in this great story, to be grafted in to all that God has done in the covenant, the first and great covenant so when we are reading what, what we call the Old Testament, it's a reminder that this is not just Jesus popping up and saying, yes, I'll sort out the sins of the world, and then everyone can come and know me. Jesus steps into this story which has been going on for thousands of years, and he is the one that has been promised, the prophet, the priest, the king, the servant, the Messiah. And without those chapters, without those books, we cannot understand what he has come to do. We cannot grasp it. And it is right that as Christians, we are deeply, deeply grateful to Jewish friends for preserving this story, for enabling us to understand who Jesus is. And it is a shame on us as Christians that so often we have treated Jewish people so badly. When that sermon is preached, 
when people see that Jesus is the fulfillment of all these promises, when the Holy Spirit is poured out and they can taste and touch who he is, what do they say? They say, what shall we do? What shall we do? And Peter replies, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. And we're told that they do and 3,000 are added to their number. And we see in the pages of the New Testament this remarkable link between when people come to faith, when they hear the good news of Jesus Christ crucified and risen again, when they know the glory of sins forgiven and the gift of God's Holy Spirit, then they say, can I be baptized? And this moment is a deeply significant moment. And, and Paul doesn't talk in great detail uh, as, the, as the New Testament uh, sort of carries on about, about how baptisms were done. At times it seems that whole households were baptised, which presumably included children. But what happens in baptism is, is this outward sign of what's going on inward. And, and Paul talks about this in, in, in the letter to the Romans. He says, look, you've died to sin. Just as you go down into the waters, you're going down to die to sin and this old way of life and you're coming up and you're going to rise to a new life with Christ. Here at St. Christopher's, occasionally, we do have baptism by immersion. And uh, it's always a wonderful sign, a wonderful moment when the person goes down into the water and then they come up. They usually go, because <laughs> it's cold, can't heat the water up, sorry about that. Tried lots of ways, it never works, okay? And as they come up, it's this moment, an outward sign of what's going on inwardly. I am dying to that old way of life and I am rising to a new life with Christ. And here surrounding them are the people of God, brothers and sisters on that journey who know that it's not easy, who know that it's difficult, who know that sin will keep nipping at you, keep trying to creep back, keep trying to be your master. But remember this moment when you have died to sin and risen to a new life. For some people, that's a, a deeply, deeply scary moment because they know what they are turning away from. They know that there'll be people around them who'll find that really difficult. They'll know for some they'll feel like a, a betrayal so some people do need to be baptized quietly, away from the sort of public gaze. But nonetheless, it is real and powerful because it shows on the outside what is going on on the inside. And then, of course, communion. This moment that we will share later today as we eat bread and wine or, 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 or juice together. 
this which was begun by Jesus himself. The night before he's betrayed, he gathers with his disciples to eat this meal, a meal which is a Passover meal, a meal that is full of echoes and associations with the great story of deliverance from the book of Exodus, where the people of Israel are held in slavery and God has sent the plagues on the people of Egypt. And each time Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And each time he says no. Until finally, finally this most terrible plague comes. And the firstborn male of every house will be struck by the angel of death. And the only way to escape is to have the blood of the lamb painted on your lintels and your doorposts. And the people of Israel are given great detail about how to do this. What sort of lamb to take, how it should be killed, even how it should be cooked and eaten. They had to eat it with their, with their sort of skirts tucked into their belts. Because they are ready to go because the Passover is not just about sacrifice it's not just about judgment it is about freedom it is about God's faithful promise being fulfilled and as the angel of death comes and as that most dreadful judgment falls finally finally Pharaoh relents and he sends them out the people of God are free. As Jesus is eating this Passover meal, he takes bread and wine and he breaks it and he gives it to his disciples. He says, take, eat, this is for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Linking his coming death with this story of Passover, of sacrifice, of judgment, of freedom, of pilgrimage to the new promised land where we will meet with God, where we will be his children free forever. As we eat and drink, we are called to remember all these echoes, all these stories. And we are called to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That as we eat the bread and drink the wine, we are remembering his first death. But we are also remembering, sorry, not his first death, his first coming. And we are remembering the fact that he will come again. These amazing things are given to us to teach us these truths. They're given to us because we need them. We need outward things to teach us inner truths. That we have died and risen with Christ. That he has come and set us free that he is coming back to take us to himself. 
These things are precious gifts given to us as the church. And when we meet, we can celebrate them. We don't have a baptism today, but pray God, we, we hope that maybe around Easter time we will have baptisms again. For children who were baptized, I was baptized as a child. There is, of course, the blessing of confirmation, and I wouldn't want anybody to think that confirmation is second best to adult baptism. I can remember my confirmation. I can even remember the name of the bishop. He was called Cyril. I remember being confirmed, and I was confirmed in December. And I hung on till Christmas Eve, till I took my first communion. And I remember the church that I went to on the evening of Christmas Eve. I can even remember the, the two blokes witching on behind me, okay, talking about inane stuff. I wanted to take communion. And I did. And it was wonderful. So don't let anybody think that confirmation is somehow second best. If you were baptized as a child, confirmation is a wonderful, wonderful gift. Now, just for the record, okay, just for the record, I'm going to say this from the front, okay? If somebody was baptized as a child, okay, and they've gone off into the wilderness, and they've come back, and they've said, I'm sorry I was baptized as a child. I want to be baptized now because I really, really want to follow it, okay? Don't tell the bishop, all right? But I think I've changed my mind, all right? I would be prepared to do that, all right? But not... Anyway, anyway, the point is, it's don't get back, you know, you don't just get baptized willy-nilly. That's not the point. That's not the point. It is, by its nature, a one-off thing. We die and we rise again. I'm getting rid of that and I'm beginning with Jesus. And in this, the bread and wine, we remember all that he's done for us fulfilling all those glorious stories and promises and echoes from the Hebrew scriptures and pointing us forward to the time when all will be fulfilled and the new heavens and the new earth will come. These are precious, precious gifts given to us, the people of God. They also come with a challenge. Paul was cross with the church in Corinthians, in Corinth, because they're, they're not eating it properly. They do come with a challenge. There was a, a lack of compassion towards one another, and, and the, the, the food was being eaten in such a way that it somehow accentuated differences between the people of God. It does come with a challenge. And then afterwards, he also says, if you eat or drink unworthily, be careful. Be careful. And of course, just because we have the bread and wine, just because we have been baptized, doesn't mean that therefore, by necessity, all is well. There are plenty of times in the Old Testament where the prophets rail against the people of God because they think, well, we've got all these signs of God's presence, we must be all right. It is the inward thing that matters but the outward helps us to see what is going on on the inside. So thank God for the sacraments, for baptism and for communion 
and if you like, for confirmation, reconciliation, anointing, marriage, ordination, anything that is outward that shows you what is going on on the inside. Because praise God, he understands us. He knows we are spiritual beings, but we are also physical. And we have these gifts to help us see what he is in the business of doing. If anyone's been thinking, as I've spoken, about baptism and you want to explore that a bit more, please have a word, come and have a word. I, I, I can tell you, cold though it is, there's very little more wonderful uh, than a baptism. So please do come and have a word with me. If you're not uh, familiar with the bread and wine this morning, please don't feel under any pressure to take it. But equally, if you feel able in your heart and mind to take it, then we would love to offer it to you. Amen.